Hi, this is Dream Chaser Joel Quas, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 152 of Chasing Dreams. I hope you guys enjoyed the fruits of our labor in the last episode, 151. It was a bit of fun that Aunt McGinley and I had with a bunch of Dream Chasers podcasters at Podcast Movement 2018, and they put together that podcast within 45 minutes. They learned about it, they put it together themselves, and we got it out there. And so, just goes to show you. No excuses, guys. You don't need anything to make a podcast, and you don't have to worry about all this stuff before you chase your dreams. So that's that was our goal of that uh, session, and we had a fun time. And so now we are back to our regularly scheduled episodes, and today I have a wonderful guest for you guys. But before that, this episode is sponsored by our Patreon campaign supporters. Thanks to all of you for your generous support. It means the world to me. For more information on our Patreon campaign and or if you'd like to donate a dollar a month to help keep the show going, you can learn more at amyj21.com slash Patreon. Guys, I want you to meet Joel Quas. With 35 years in management, Joel, who has a CIP, CPRW, a GCDF, earned his first professional human resource credential in 2012. His business, Six Second Resumes, crafts targeted resumes and cover letters. Joel teaches interview skills and facilitates career development through his coaching programs. A guest on radio stations nationwide, Joel has authored two books and shares his knowledge on the hiring process on his Six Seconds Job podcast, and he's been kind enough to come onto the show and help us understand the mysterious world of resumes and cover letters. And you guys are going to get so much information, so take notes, or you can even check it out afterwards on the show notes page. But for now... Here he is. Hey, Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time out. Amy, thank you for having me. Now, you have an interesting background. I say interesting because oftentimes a lot of the guests I have aren't talking about resumes, aren't talking about careers. We have had Dream Chasers talk about, you know, interviews, the corporate world, but we haven't really focused or touched on resumes, at least not as far as I can remember in 151 episodes. So. I'm excited to have you on because I think resumes are confusing as all get out. And they're changing, too, which makes it even harder for the average person to understand, especially if they've been out of the job market for a while. What is a resume? Let's start with that. Well, a resume is really a marketing tool. It really is an opportunity for uh, you as a person that wants to work for a specific company to to advertise, to tell that company why they should hire you above everybody else it uh it really and and a lot of things i've written blog posts in the past and i've talked to people uh one-on-one and one of the things that i find is that a lot of people 
uh, don't understand that it's really about, it's not about them. You know, they may need the job, but the employer that they're going to visit doesn't care whether this will be two bus stops closer or it'll make it easier for them to pick up their kids in the afternoon or or they'll make more money. They they want to hire somebody who's going to take care of their business. They have a problem. That's why they're hiring. They're, somebody quit, somebody, they're expanding. They, they need somebody who's an expert in this particular area. And that's what their focus is, you know, in, in that sense. Uh, and, and that's why the resume is so powerful because it becomes a marketing tool that allows you to convey to the reader why you are in sync with the company and why your values match theirs and why your focus matches theirs. And, and it shows specifically how you can solve their problem. So are you finding that that's like one of the biggest misconceptions that people have? They think it's about them when they should be changing the perspective and writing it for the job they're applying for? Well, they, they don't really. I, unfortunately, we don't teach this in school. And, and even in, at the college level, there's there's not a whole lot of emphasis on this. Yes, there are career centers and there are. I mean, now with the Internet, you can get a template for just about any any resume for any field. And, and you know, people have landed jobs with those. But but what they the element that they miss is is how it's perceived by the person reading it. And one of the reasons why I my business is called Six Second Resumes is because there was a study done by the ladders and they talked to and put electrodes actually on the heads of, of recruiters and HR professionals and handed them stacks of resumes and had them read them. And what they found was that the eyes went back and forth on the top third of the page and then kind of scanned down a little bit further occasionally. And in six seconds, they had an idea whether this was worth looking at further or whether they tossed it in the pile and, and went on to the next one. And so it's it's really important that everybody understands how to write that resume, even if you do it on a template, so that you convey the right information up front where they'll see it. Wow, that gives a whole new meaning because I never kind of put, you know, they say when you meet someone in person, you have about, what, seven seconds to make your first impression. Exactly. So, so you're really, what you're saying is you got to have a resume that makes a good first impression in that many times. doesn't matter about the details. It's well, there's, yeah, there's a couple of factors in that, Amy. And uh, I'll give you a brief story. I used to do a lot of, uh, before I moved to Virginia from New Jersey, I was doing a lot of national career fair events. In fact, after the first one, I had such a line at my table that they gave me a free table anytime I wanted to come and I would do resume critiques. (laughs) And I had, I had uh, before and after resume up on uh, three by five, um, um, bulletin boards kind of. And uh, I had a young lady come up to me and I was showing her the resume and said, you know, this woman's award winning. So I focused on that and put it up in the top left corner where people would see it right away. And the woman said, well, I'm award winning. And I said, oh, well, that's great. Show me. And she had a two page resume that was typed in such small font that you even the person with 2020 vision needed reading glasses to see, oh, <laughs> to wow. see what she because she tried to put her entire life story on these two pages. And at the bottom of the second page, she finally found it after four and a half minutes. She finally found where she had won an award for something. And Lord. I said, you know, I said, well, think about that for a moment. I said, you're, you're going to hand this to somebody and you're going to expect them to know that you're award winning when you buried it on page two in the bottom of a resume that they're not going to read anyway because it's so cluttered and there's not enough white space and it doesn't breathe and, you know, all the other things that go into a successful resume. So it was, it was quite eye-opening for her. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my goodness, four and a half minutes to find that? And first of all, nobody should ever have font <laughs> of that size to give to someone else to read. That's just torture. Well, that's the that's the other thing. You have to think of it in terms of the the person reading it, and and that's why brevity is there. The 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 resume gets the interview, and the interview gets the job. And so if you're if you're focusing too much on putting too much into your resume, then you're really not. I had a client recently, and she's earning her PhD, which is wonderful. I mean, she's been a lifelong learner, and and um, but. In the end, she she kept wanting to to put that information somewhere in the top of the front of the resume, and I kept telling her. Well, finally, it clicked when I asked her. I said, "Well, you know, is this going to make a difference to the person reading it?" And she said, "Well, no." And so we finally decided that she could talk about that in the interview and and show how she was moving along, but that we could focus on some of the other aspects of the bullet points of the actual job description. And and make a difference in in how she was perceived, and then she can t- add that extra value uh, in the actual interview. I got to say that's the hard part. That is that is difficult when you have so many things going on in your life, things that are important to you, and you just want to show off that first thing that's very important. To have someone say, "Hey, let's let's put this in the back pocket for now, and pull it out exactly. when it's important." Like, can you explain why about that? Well, like. Uh, it, it it really cycles back around to it's not about you. And, they, and that's really um, very important because there might be 150 people applying for this position. Say you're a branch manager of a bank and, and you're applying for this position. And there might be out of 150 people, there might be 100 that are pretty much qualified like you are. Automatically, you're you're in with 100 people instead of 150. But now, if you are focused on actually the corporate culture, so if once you get past the technical part of it, it's really, am, are you going to be a good fit? Are you? Can I actually um, recommend you to my boss? And would I be proud to have my team work with you and them interact with me and say, hey, why did you? You know, either you hired the perfect person or why the heck did you hire this guy? So it's really all about that fit in the end. And so you really have to demonstrate that more than you know your technical acts expertise and and things that might be important for you if they're not listed in the in the job posting or they're not values that the corporate website espouses or press releases that the companies put out or or it doesn't jive with the industry then leave it out it it's you know it's a marketing tool that's going to attract attention and get people to pick up the phone and that's really what you have to think about every single word has to uh, pay for itself as it's sitting there on the page yeah, you know, it, it, and maybe that's why it's been such a mystery, uh, resumes in general, because I've been looking at it the opposite way, right? I've been looking at it more as a mirror rather than as window. Right, and and the, it's a it's a list of responsibilities versus the list of accomplishments and success stories. And my clients, we use what I call stars. They we have situations and actions and results and. Uh, a personal story of that when I was a store manager for Best Products Catalog Merchandiser years and years ago uh, in Hopewell, Virginia, actually. And it's Christmas Eve. It's about 8.30. And the phone rings. And it's this man on the phone. And he's panicking because his, he's putting together this ride-on car for his son who's seven years old. And it's 8.30 on Christmas Eve. And there's no battery in the box. And he's yelling at me and saying, what do you want? You know, what am I supposed to do? What are you going to do for me? So... 
you know, after a couple of minutes of talking to him, I said, well, I'll meet you at the store. And I called my assistant manager and had him meet me there. This is like 830 at night on Christmas Eve. Wow. And we, we found another box and we um, got the battery out and, and gave it to him and, and he went home. You know, uh, so in an interview, I could say, uh, if they asked me about customer service, I could say, well, I'm a people person, you know, and and my dog's a people person, but I wouldn't hire her to to uh, run a, a bank. But if I said, <laughs> you know, I'm the I'm the guy who who did this on Christmas Eve. Now, as the interviewer, I have a story that I can take back to my boss and justify hiring myself, you know, or or my team. Hey, you know, I, I met this guy. He did this thing on Christmas Eve. You know, I think he'd be a good fit for our organization. So, you know, I all of my clients have thought about that. That's one of the first things we do is we talk about their success stories. And and it's funny, they start out with one or two. And by the end of the time working together, they might have 15, 20 or more that they are using, you know, whether they use them all in the interview or not, they've got all this catalog of all this positive things that they've done. And that helps with their attitude too. So I heard something, you know, and it's a misconception, I think, is that all interviewers uh, look at things the same way, meaning they all look for the details of this person and trying to get them into the job. Whereas you know, personally for me, um, when I hire VAs and stuff, I'm not necessarily looking for the qualifications. That's helpful. But in honesty, I'm looking for who they are as a person. Like you just said, the, a people person who has a story that they can share. Is that is there one kind of common? Can we group interviewers? Yes, in, the, in a sense you can because they, I mean, ultimately they're trying to find somebody who's a fit. Uh, once again, you get back, past the technical aspects of that, um, you know, you've got people who do the work, but now can I, can I work with you and can I see myself, uh, you know, being side by side with you when, when the th- stuff hits the fan? Um, you know, I think one of the things that I find in, in all my years, I've interviewed probably several thousand um, people and read close to 5,000 resumes and cover letters. And, and what I've found is that people sometimes uh, don't have common sense, and they don't really think about what they're saying uh, to the point where they badmouth their former employer, uh, former disease. manager. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and all I can do after that is sit there and thinking, well, I wonder when he's gonna or she's gonna start thinking that about me and badmouthing me. So you know, the interview is pretty much over at that point, and uh, and and there's just not a lot of common sense. You know, I can teach somebody to to sell diamonds or drive a forklift or, or be an investment broker. But uh, you can't teach people common sense, unfortunately, it seems like. And, and so that's, as you were saying, you know, in, in how you look at uh, interviewing, you know, I think one of the things, common sense and, and that um, ability to, to get along are, are two keys. Um, the sad part is that some of the people you, you might interview with don't really have a lot of experience in interviews. Uh, depending on the company, a lot of small, mid-sized businesses. So I also encourage my clients to make sure that they have a plan and we've mapped it out ahead of time, what they want to get across, what skills that they feel would solve the problem of the person that they're interviewing with, and then have questions for the person that's doing the interviewing too. So uh, that can be that can be really embarrassing 
uh, you get to the end of the interview, yeah. and it seems like it's going pretty well. And you say, well, do you have any questions? And say, no, you really covered it. And, and it's just, you know, I make sure that my clients have at least two questions that they've put together before they even go for the interview. And, and the other thing I do is, is I have them ask permission to take notes so that they write down at least two more questions during the interview. Now they've got a, four questions to start with. So they're definitely showing their interest in, and they can uh, interact with the hiring manager. So I, I do have more questions about resumes, but since you brought up interviews and common sense, so if a question comes up, right, and they haven't had a positive experience at their last place, I agree, should not badmouth. However, does that mean they shouldn't talk about it? Is there a tactful way to do it? Like, wh- what do you do in that situation? We, I typically talk about those as kind of red flags. Ideally, you would know ahead of time if there were situations like that where there might be a question. Maybe you were out of the workforce for a while because of something. You were taking care of an uh, ailing aunt or um, you know, whatever the situation was, uh, you know, there's some things in people's resumes that are, that are going to potentially be problems for them to answer, or they're uncomfortable with how they, uh, the question or, or confused about what to say. So, um, my clients and I talk about these, what we call red flags ahead of time. And, and basically you can address whatever the issue is and then turn it right back around to, uh, and can you tell me more about you know this part of the job or or how you landed this or or what you did to achieve this or can you tell me the measure of success in the first 90 days how you would measure that for this position and and answer it clearly and confidently but then roll right right back around to uh focus on the interview and and just not uh, dwell on it so that's a good point the dwelling part cuz i i think what you're saying is answer the question tactfully but then keep moving forward so it's not a red flag for them. Exactly. If you don't make it a big deal and you turn it around, then they've they've addressed it and, and you're back to um, showing them the skills that you have that would fit in with uh, the type of position they're advertising for. So you get all these resumes going back to that. And you talked about 150 applicants uh, mm-hmm. who, are, who are having resumes. How do you stand out amongst that? I mean, aside from... The fact that you skill wise, right? How do you stand out amongst 150 and sometimes more, depending on what you're applying oh, yes. for, right? Well, there's there's a number of different things. The standard resume, the traditional format that you read about in in publications that are 50, 60 years old, or that doesn't happen so much anymore. It might be more formal in certain industries, but you know the reverse of it is you don't want to have fluorescent pink paper and and crazy highlights on the edges of the resume, because most likely it's going to be an ATS uh, upload anyway. Um, but the the key to standing out is really capitalizing on that top third of the, of the first page and putting the, all your value information right there where it's going to be seen. And the way you do that is you, is, uh, well, I call it exploding the job description. But one of the things I do is I, I take, and I have my clients take the job posting, you click the link and and you print it out and you just look at it. And okay, it says we need five years of this type of experience or uh, an education level of this or this type of skill, or we prefer to have this and this. And then we just work with that and and make sure that that the resume, it's like giving the interviewer the answers to the test or, you know, giving them a way to see you fitting in very easily. 
as they read it, they can say, okay, well, I need somebody with five years of, of management experience, and this person has seven. I need somebody with a with an MBA, and this person has one and an advanced degree in this. I see I need somebody who has this type of skill, and they have that, plus they have this. So very easily, they're seeing you as the person who could best do the job. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, because since we're talking about the, the whole experience, when you when you go into an interview and you're amongst that, right, and, and you just spoke about how you can stand out, is there any truth to nepotism? Well, there's always going to be some somebody some jobs are are advertised only because by law they have to be. And they've the person that's gonna fill the job is already in place, you know, so to speak. Uh, and they know who it's going to be. And and then you know, people moving up within the Within an organization, there's a lot of politics and a lot of uh, he knows, she knows, this person knows, that person kind of thing. So, I mean, while that certainly does happen, as an outsider coming into an organization, the more you've, more homework you've done and the more you understand the business, the easier it is to kind of not get caught up in that and, and show your value instead. Is there a way to avoid, I guess, jobs that already have an in or they know who they're hiring? Is there a way to identify those or are we just kind of, you take a chance and you just never know? Funniest thing, it really, the uh, way you find a job really hasn't changed. Back in the uh, 80s, I had seven years with a, as a store manager, that same best products company, and they started to go under. So I jumped out and bought a vending business in Williamsburg, Virginia. And I took it from 90,000 to a quarter of a million in gross sales in about 20 months. And I negotiated a contract for the uh, Anheuser-Busch Brewery, and I was going to have to add another truck and hire another employee and invest this uh, more money. And I, the fellow who had the um, snack bar concession actually wanted to get into the vending business. So in the end, I ended up selling him my company, which was great for me. But then I turned around and I said, I don't have a job. Put yourself in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was. I have a mortgage. I have a wife. I have three small children that are like three, five, and seven, and I need a job. And so that was my first real experience of of over, you know, being able to to do something about that. I mean, there was never from day one there was never any doubt in my mind that I was going to get a job. It was just what job and how long. And back then it was the Sunday paper. And I used three by five cards to track my progress and put notes on and the regular telephone and, and all of that. Um, but in the end, uh, I didn't let myself get too high or too low. And I think a lot of people, their attitude about the whole process uh, causes them a lot of consternation. And, and there's a lot of fear associated with that. And I just said, you know, I'm going to do this and, and it's going to be great. And I had that attitude throughout. In the end, I had five offers in about eight and a half weeks, uh, three of which I considered at the same time. And uh, you know, and I ended up with uh, Costco Wholesale as a, a senior manager and just recently retired uh, this year after 27 and a half years with them. Um, you know, so it worked out, it worked out great. But the, the, the point is, you, you know, you've, it's, it's really about the attitude and about focusing your energy. And, and as far as, you know, insiders or not, I mean, yeah, I, I had a little bit of an inside in in the end, with with that specific job, uh, I also had one where the fellow, I I had a great what I thought was a great interview. I sent a thank you card, and I didn't hear anything for three and a half days. And then I get a call from another company that wanted to 
final yes or no of what I was doing. So I called the the first one and I said, hey, I haven't heard from you. you know, I'm really interested. He said, well, come on down. And so I came down and talked to him and he said, well, that was that was the last test in in the job offer was whether you would follow up or not. So, you know, I think that's real important, too, is that people um, ask permission. I have my clients ask permission to follow up. You know, when would it be appropriate and can I follow up on this date so that they know ahead of time what they should do and when. And, and that takes a lot of the pressure off them as far as, uh, you know, handling that aspect of it. So, so first of all, congratulations. That's phenomenal. You know. Well, I, I've had a lot of fun. I mean, I, I really have. And, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons I'm doing this now is, is a, an opportunity to give back. Right after that, you know, I had my the children were small. There was a lot going on. You know, we moved to from Virginia to New Jersey. I thought I was going to be there five years. And 24 years later, we finally got to come back to Virginia. And then, um, you know, I had another seven to 10 years of, of day, day job type of work. But I, in um, about seven years ago, I started my resume business and I've uh, added to it with different certifications, career coaching and uh, interview skills, coaching and the resume writing, gotten cert- certifications in that. I'm taking continuing ed classes to stay current in that. And um, I, I pictured another seven years of my day job as a uh, manager for Costco and picking up more and more of the resume. And then in February this year, believe it or not, Amy, my dog was shot. Oh, my goodness. We bought five acres out in the country close to the uh, Shenandoah Mountains and the uh, Skyline Drive and all of that. And she got off the leash back in February and and ended up in over the mountain in the next valley and got in the middle of a, kind of a Hatfield and McCoy squabble between two cousins over beagles and chickens. Oh, jeez. And she got shot. And 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 that just to me the the is that the word for fragility fragile fragileness of life yes is is really what that impressed on me and I I'd had a fair amount of success with the resume business anyway and I just turned sixty two um, you know earliest retire age possible and I said well the heck with it you know you never know what's going to happen um, and so I I have uh, retired. And put all my efforts into this now, and it's I couldn't be happier. It's just the the greatest thing. And and my dog's good; she's okay now. I was um, waiting for this. I was, yeah, I was going to yeah, ask she's, you. She's okay. Um, she was in the hospital for almost ten days in uh, emergency clinic in in Charlottesville, and uh, they had to operate on her. There were ten holes in her small intestine, and um, it was just touch and go for quite a while. Well, I'm, uh, I'm we're, glad we're getting to ready hear to that, take though. her home. And we're picking her up on Friday afternoon, and the, the vets are all telling us what to do. And we open the door to leave. And they're sitting in the waiting room. This woman says, you know, we'll do anything for our animals, won't we? And I turn around and look, and it's Sissy Spacek is sitting right there. And she <laughs> engaged us. And my wife was going crazy. We must have spent 15 minutes talking to her about oh, her wow. animal and, and and life and things. And, and my dog couldn't care less. She just wanted to go home. But uh, we... So, so it, it, but it just really, again, you know, the, the life is so short and, and there's so much that we can do. And now that my kids are older and I have more time to be able to give back to that and teach somebody not to wear that hat or, or not to wear that shirt or, or to spend a few minutes thinking about some of these things that might be important to the employer uh, so that they get the job that they want and get to do the things that they want to do. And, and that's kind of what's led me to where I'm at right now. You know, let's talk about 
something you said earlier, because I think hopefully that will help people have the right mindset. You talked about attitude. I hesitate to say right, but what is the ideal attitude to have when approaching a job search, resume, the interview process, the wait? What is your suggestion? Well, the, the biggest thing is is not to get married to any one part of it. Um, what I see happening is people will go in and they'll they'll shoot out uh, what I call um, spray and pray. <laughs> they'll spray a ton of resumes out over the internet, and then they'll pray somebody reads one and calls them. And then they get disappointed when that doesn't happen. And then they do get a call, and then they're on cloud nine, and then the call it doesn't pan out, and then they're down in the dumps, and then they've got to start over again and get their attitude back. And and maybe they thought this was the job, so they stopped sending out more. Uh, resumes, they stop following up on ones. So now they've got to start that whole process again. And that's really, I think, just knowing that it that getting a job is a job. And again, I think um, you know one of the tools that my clients uh, I share with them is is an actual six second action plan, and we fill it out. There's really twelve ways to land a job. And so you first of all, you have to decide which of the twelve ways you're going to use, and then how many hours each day are you going to do that? And and on top of that, you know, how much time are you going to give yourself, your personal life, your family, your friends, um, you know, and, and so that you're not always feeling like you should be doing something other than what you're doing. If you have a and most people don't have a written plan, um, you know, when they come to me for a resume, they're really um, they, they're thinking they're you know halfway to their new job and they really haven't thought about the, the first two things, which is the attitude we're talking about in the you know, overcoming that fear and and just controlling it. And then second, they don't have a plan. They have a, a kind of a vague idea of what they'd like. I mean, they have their plan is I want a job, any job now, as opposed to I'd like to be a, a, a conductor on Amtrak on the Northeast Rail Line um, within six months and live in Maryland. You know, I mean, the closer you can get to that, the easier it is to to find that job. And so it just takes thinking a little bit more and writing a few things down uh, in order to make it come together. And and the attitude of staying focused on the moment and not getting married to, you know, again, when I had uh, five job offers, I was still sending out new resumes. I was still following up on leads. And that's why I had that congruence and, and all of it kind of came together at once uh, and gave me the option to pick what I wanted as opposed to feeling like I got to take this because nothing else might come along. So, you know, again, th- that was that having that mindset and that attitude uh, to me makes all the difference. And, and, you know, I've had that pretty much my whole life, I I think, and, and it's helped me and I would encourage it for anybody. I think that's a, a great advice and, and probably difficult to do, but um, something worth working towards, especially if you are in a desperate situation. I mean, I'm often told a wise a wise man once told me never to make decisions when when you're desperate. You know, take a step back, sure. right? D- would you say the same is can be said here? Well, that's the other thing. And one of the first things uh, you need to decide is what kind of what are your resources and what kind of time frame do you have? You know, if you only have two months worth of savings and you know you don't even own a computer and you know there's there's all these limitations on what you can do then maybe and you want to be a brain surgeon maybe you need to and you've never taken a medical course uh maybe uh, you know you need to rethink that a little bit or or a lot of times i'll work with clients who 
who are under some constraints and we'll we'll build a stair step kind of plan to get to where they want to be. Uh, LinkedIn is a great, great re- resource uh, for that sort of thing because you can peruse people's profiles and see how they got if they were um, a property manager, you know, how did they get to be a property manager? They did this job and this job. And if you look at five or 10 profiles, you'll see that they all kind of share those same attributes. So maybe, maybe uh, you can't be the property manager in this city that you want to be right now, but you could be this type of a, a employee right now and learn the skills that it would take to move to that job and know that in six months or two years, you'll have that. And that's, um, you know, another way to, to kind of get around that frustration and, and have a plan in mind to get where you need to be. And, and so in the in, in, interim, you'll have that income. Um, you know, another way would be maybe part-time work um, you know, will lead to full-time will lead to something else. Those are some great alternate suggestions. I, and honestly, I don't think people think about that. They're so focused on the the final goal, the final prize that they don't realize, hey, maybe I need to take the longer route to get there. It, it Exactly. And that's not always easy. And, and you know, there have been steps in, in my career, and I'm sure with most people where they've taken a step back you know, with, with best products. I started out, I went uh, right through within a year. I, I was hired in, uh, as a sporting goods manager. And two weeks later, the district, district manager came by for a visit. And I introduced myself for the first time. He said, well, where do you see yourself in a year? And I said, well, in a year, I'm going to have your job. And uh, it was funny because <laughs> a year later, a year later, we're sitting in a restaurant in Hopewell and he's offering me the store manager's position. And he reminded me about that. And he said, well, in a year, you almost got my job. He said, you got pretty darn close. You got store manager. So, um, you know, but it, it really is just, you know, that that kind of a an attitude. And I think, uh, you know, people need to. So you need to think about that and, and then think of the different ways you know, in terms of getting a job, uh, because there's a lot of different things out there. I mean, there's one-stop career centers, uh, there's job fairs, there's blogs, there's uh, uh, internet marketing, there's all sorts of different things. There's even volunteer work, and people uh, don't necessarily think of the value in that, but you connect with somebody in a volunteer capacity who knows somebody who's... Uh, Uncle runs, you know, um, City Corp or something, you know, and and the next thing you know, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I networked into my first job as a manager. Uh, I was uh, working for a marina. Uh, one of the fellows that I went to college with, his father owned a marina in Gloucester Point. And I was building finger piers during the summers, and the executives from Best Products all kept their big yachts down there, and that's how I uh, ended up working for Best Products because I ended up meeting all of those fellows. And uh, so, so again, you never know, and and I and I really feel that's important uh, that people don't give up on things or don't assume that it's going to be a certain way, um, because you know I didn't know we were going to open the door and see Sissy Spacek, you know. So you know, there's there's a lot of examples of that in in people's lives, and I'm sure you can think of one, Amy, and everybody else could think of a few where that's happened. So having that right mindset, I think, is critical. Yeah, you make a great point. You never know what could happen. Let me ask you what one final question. Mm-hmm. What is one thing people can do today to make the most of their dream chase, whatever it is? Well, I think it, it, it comes down to attitude. I think it was Henry Ford who said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. And and so you know, my attitude, I, in fact, I had a blog that I wrote for a couple of years, and it's I love getting up in the morning because I learned something new. I always learn something new. And and I think 
that more than anything. And yeah, there are days where it doesn't work, and there's, you know, where there's days where just things just aren't aren't going to be there. Um, and then the the one last point I would keep uh, have people keep in mind is 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 they face that fear of of the job search and things like that. Uh, they're probably going to have butterflies in their stomach. And and what I would recommend to them and make them understand is that yeah, it's a, that's a natural thing to have butterflies. But all you have to do is get them to fly in formation, and away you go. You got me speechless. That was deep. <laughs> well, Steve Harrison said that at a at a meeting in New York City, and uh, uh, I have to give the credit to him. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was a I've never heard meeting, of that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I I thank him for that. So, well, well, Joel, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing so much nuggets of wisdom and knowledge about the world of job markets and the entire process from resume interview all of it it's very much appreciated i'm sure it will help whoever's listening now well i appreciate your time amy and i hope your audience gets a lot out of it and if they have any questions uh you know i'm always open and if i'm not writing a resume or speaking with a client i pick up the phone so i'd love to talk to them and there you have it guys that was joel quas i learned so much from that episode and i hope you did too you guys can catch up with the episode by re-listening to it or finding all of the links and notes we mentioned on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 152. That's episode 152. All right, Dream Chasers, until next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing 